My dear respected elders, brothers, dear listeners, Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this beautiful day of Jumu'ah. And we send these choices of salutations upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. My beloveds, no one loves and likes to deal with rejection. Everyone loves to be respected. Everyone loves to be part of something. Everyone loves to be, alhamdulillah, appreciated. And when, whether it's the boss, whether it's the parents, whether it's your spouse, irrespective, when that respect is not shown, when hurtful words are said, and sometimes in the wide world, when we have certain expectations and it's not met, it's absolutely normal for it to sting, for it to burn, for us to feel upset. But what's important is that we do not allow that rejection to reject us, but rather to protect us. This rejection everyone goes through, and it's part of growth of life. Adam والسلام, from the very beginning, when he was created, you know, sometimes in life you say, what did I do wrong? I never hurt those people. I actually helped them. I never, you know, my spouse, all these years I'm doing good for him or her. My in-laws, whenever I go, I'm so nice to them. Then why do people treat me in this way? My beloveds, my question is, what wrong did Adam do to shaitan that made shaitan hate Adam so much? Adam never do anything. Adam والسلام, was created by Allah. But shaitan felt threatened by Adam. Adam never do anything. Yet till today, shaitan hates Adam and the children of Adam. So sometimes if people don't like you, Sometimes if people disregard you, sometimes if people, subhanallah, push you away, sometimes if people reject you, it's not necessary that the problem is with you. It's like there was nothing wrong with Adam, alayhi Now, let's come. Adam, alayhi is in Jannah. And he's all alone. He wants someone to, alhamdulillah, talk to. He wants someone to be with. He wants to hold the hands of someone. And Allah Ta'ala created for him Hawa alayhi salatu wassalam. And the two of them are now in the beautiful gardens of Jannah. And they are walking and they are eating and they are drinking and they are enjoying. And as they are moving, subhanallah, shaitan comes and Shaitan made waswasa. Eat from the forbidden tree. And the reason that Adam والسلام, being a Nabi of Allah, listened to shaitan was not that he tried to defy Allah. Shaitan took qasams on the name of Allah. By the qasam of Allah, I'm telling you that if you eat from this tree, you will live forever. And then you ask Allah for forgiveness and you look. So he thought to himself that it's not possible ever for a person to take the name of Allah and lie. 
And in that moment, he believed him. My beloved, subhanAllah, instantly, shaitan done this action. Imagine, I'm trying to explain to you, imagine the rejection that Adam والسلام, had to face now. Adam والسلام, was rejected from Jannah. He was thrown out. Allah speaks about it. That subhanAllah, he had to leave immediately. And on one hand, he's in beautiful Jannah amongst flowing rivers and amazing landscapes and malaika. And here he comes to an uninhabited world. Uninhabited world. He has to fend for himself. It is cold. It is hot. There's no food. He has to hunt. There's no technology out there. It's just a wild world. You're the first man. There's no man like you. There's all creepy crawlies and creatures. There's all animals. And he does not even know where is his wife. Imagine how rejected Adam والسلام, felt coming into this world with nothing. But Adam والسلام, did not allow this rejection to bring him down. Adam والسلام, worked on it. He asked Allah for forgiveness. He turned back to Allah. He walked. He looked for a lifestyle. He found his wife again. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reunited him with his family, gave him children, made him the father of the Anbiya, the father of humanity, and re-ushered him back into Jannah. Right now, Nabi said, when I went for Mi'raj, I found Adam والسلام, in one of the levels of Jannah. And I greeted him and he said, Salamun alayka wa Ibnin anta, what a beautiful son you are to me. I'm so proud to be your father. My point is that if Adam السلام, could be rejected from Jannah and he went on a long pathway to earn Jannah again, then how a small rejection pulls the carpet underneath our feet and we think we cannot achieve anything. My beloved, subhanAllah. In the time of Adam السلام, he had two sons, Kabil and Habil. Did Kabil not reject Habil? Kabil, we have the sinister motives among siblings sometimes. Grown-ups fighting for inheritance. Rejection amongst your own family. Siblings not wanting to talk to siblings for years. Even the small ones, you know, they always have this sarcasm to themselves. You're driving and in the back seat, this one will make this one feel bad, that one will laugh at that one, giggle at that one. And they keep on, you know, subhanAllah, making each other feel bad. And this is from shaitan. Allah From the word istifzaz. Istifzaz is something that shaitan used, and shaitan used it, and Pharaoh used it too. What's the meaning of istifzaz? Istifzaz means to continuously, in a passive way, poke someone and agitate someone and provoke someone that after a while they snap and then you make them look like the bad one. When we say gaslighting. So that's what shaitan does all the time. So you see, subhanAllah, even the kids, you're driving in the back seat, this one is agitating this one. And you say, can you stop it? I'm driving, you guys. Why are you crying? 
Oh, Papa, he's looking at me. So what's wrong if he looks at you? Oh, it's, it's this type of a look. So they work on each other's nerves. But they do it so silently that the other one makes noise and they get in trouble. I never do anything. So this is what shaitan does. And this is what Pharaoh done. He belittles you. He does not give you any importance. He evades you. He overlooks you. He takes your rights away. And then in the end of the day, when you speak up for your rights, he makes you look like the fitna monger. My beloved, subhanallah, this is an old trick of shaitan. And this is what Kabil done to Habil. That he wanted the attention of his father. Why is Habil getting it? He wanted the wife of his brother. Why he gets the pretty one and I get the one that is mediocre. So subhanallah, when he could not get it, he actually murdered his brother. He murdered his brother. Brother's rejection is true. And it has deep wounds in the society. It has deep wounds in people's hearts. But we need to learn that we need to deal with it. And there is, listen to what I'm saying, there is the beautiful gift of growth in rejection that you cannot buy anywhere else. There's a great gift in rejection that you cannot buy over the counter or buy anywhere else. If you're not rejected in life, it will not, subhanAllah, propel you to work harder to achieve your goals. There's two things which we need to understand in rejection. One is projection and one is protection. The first, projection. Sometimes people reject you. As I said earlier, not because there's something wrong with you, but there's something wrong with them. So it's the school student in the class that knows all the answers. He's working hard. At night, he sits and burns the midnight lamb. He's the one that puts the effort. In school, when the teacher asks the questions, he's the one that can answer all the questions. But then he's bullied by his peers that are not hardworking. The ones that are lazy. The ones that are, you know, losers. They laugh at him. Yeah, I see the nerd is coming. See, the favorite of the teacher is coming. They play pranks on him. So they make him feel uncomfortable. And they make him feel not cool. And this is a way of rejection that he feels that I can't fit amongst my peers. So after a while, what he does is, you know what, maybe if I don't ask so many questions, and maybe if I don't, you know, be too much with my teachers, and maybe if I do a little bit wrong, it will grant me a cap of acceptance. But you know what you're doing? You're giving up your own self-worth. You're giving up your own uniqueness. And you're treading a path of disaster to please other people. And then you become pretending, artificial, you're not happy. Inside, there's a voice screaming in you. I have potential. I can do so much. I'm unique. I'm special. 
but unfortunately to fit in the people around you and to make few people happy, you do something on a pretense. You are pretending. And that is very dangerous because that takes you to pathways which obviously is not progressing. So my beloved's projection, why people are telling you that way, why people are running you down, why people are rejecting you, probably it's insecurities within their own selves. Their conscience is playing on them. They cannot achieve those heights. So they want to bring you down. So they keep on giving you bad feedback. They keep on criticizing you to bring you down. Good feedback from a good heart is something the ulama look forward to. I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about people with hasad and jealousy. They keep on looking for fault in you because they want to bring you towards their level. And you feel rejected. You don't feel part of something. Secondly, if you can't make the projection, then, if it's, then the protection. Protection means sometimes we are rejected in life because Allah is saving us from something. We have to understand that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Mankind thinks that everything that we achieve in life is because of our own efforts. My beloveds, effort is only 50%. 50% is effort. The other 50% is the ni'mah and the rahmah and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can try how hard you want. Put in everything you have. But if Allah does not want it to happen, it will not happen. And also, if Allah wants something to happen, but there has to be effort from your side too. So you need to give it your hardest shot, but if things don't happen exactly how you wish, then understand there's a protection from Allah. There was one Hindu brother. He was really into getting into medical school. Passed, mashallah, all the exams, putting in a lot of effort. He wants to come into the medical school. And he failed. He couldn't get in. He was devastated. That this is what I was working for my entire life. And unfortunately, I never get it. He had to go into some other college for IT or something. In the first few weeks, he was swearing himself. And then he met some Muslim friends. And he liked them. And he hanged around with them. And they gave him dawah. And he became a Muslim. And today, he stands on the mimbar and screams with his lungs and says, Alhamdulillah, Allah saved me from the medical school. I would have been a doctor, but not a Muslim. We don't know when Allah Ta'ala deviates your pathway. Why is he doing it? Human beings, sometimes you hate something, but I force it on you because I know ultimately it's good for you. Many a times, you subhanallah dislike something, but Allah says, I put it because it's good for you. And many a times you love something, but I take it away from you. Like a child. The child is screaming and crying. But Allah Ta'ala says, I take it away from you because I know ultimately it will be bad and evil for you. So that trust, as a believer, we have that trust in Allah. You know why we, when we must become worried? When we must fear rejection? There's only one thing, that Allah rejects us. Brother, if you never get this car, there's another thousand cars. Brother, if you never get this wife, there's another thousand wives. Brother, if you never get this job, there's another thousand jobs. Brother, if you never get this, 
friend, you've got another thousand friends. But there's only one Allah, there's one deen, there's one Jannah. You fail there, there's nothing else. That's where you need to be worried. Stop worrying because a lady rejected me. Stop worrying because a firm rejected me. Stop worrying because so-and-so rejected me. Sayyidina Imam Shafi rahmatullahi says that if a man, subhanAllah, rejects you, there's so many other people that Allah can put your love in their hearts. We must worry that Allah must love us. فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ He who is saved from the fire of Jahannam فَقَدْ فَاسْ He is verily, subhanAllah, successful by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know what, rejection? Take it and use it as a vessel to become better. Don't fear rejection. Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, it's normal, it's perfectly normal to fear rejection. What if I get rejected? And that's why sometimes, because we fear rejection, maybe I do this, I'll fail. And if I fail, everyone will laugh at me. So I, I will not try to do anything good now. And that is how shaitan makes us stop because of our ego, because we fear that if I do something and I do it wrong, people will laugh. Brothers, if you don't try, what's this guy? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was kicked out of his coaching school. They said, you are good for nothing. Get the hell out. To prove his coach wrong, he became so good that today he's an icon. Steve Jobs was fired by the firm. They said, you are good for nothing. To prove them wrong, he started his own. And you know what? He became the CEO of Apple. Brother, if you don't fail 20 times, you're not going to be successful the 21st time. All those people that are crazily successful first failed before. It's their failures that made them learn and brought them where they were. I remember in my fourth year in Alim class, I had a lot of love to write long khutbas. So I would take the hadith and take Quran and you know the stories of the Sahaba and put it in pieces together. And I would write this long, long khutbas. But difficult to memorize them all. I always had it on paper. And I would recite it out. It was my fourth year. I was still in my teens. And obviously, you know those that are 16 years old, 17 years old, they just love to drive. At any given opportunity, they can get their hands on the steering wheel, they'll jump for it. So subhanAllah, I was in the madrasa. And every day, a driver was needed to take the ustads that, lived in the, uh, that came to teach in the madrasa back to their homes, which was about 10, 20 kilometers away. Now, I was looking for that opportunity, how I can get into the car and drive my ustads. I don't know if they were safe with me, but, but they're living still, alhamdulillah. As we're about to go, my principal came out and said, I heard one of your khutbas a few weeks ago. It was amazing. MashaAllah. I said, yes, I prepared it myself. He said, we are going to a place called Binoni, which is one of the big places, big masjids there. And there's a great scholar that has come. He's one of the debaters from a, a very prestigious seminary. And he will be delivering an amazing talk I want you to do the khutbah and the salah. 
Now that is like, mashallah, a badge from my principal on my side. That wow, such a prestigious overseas person coming, and there's hundreds of students, he's choosing me. But I was so adamant, what should I have done was stay behind, go and have a nice bath, change my clothes, get my khutbah, practice it. So when Jumma comes and we get in the car and I get there, I'm ready. I was so adamant of driving, I forgot all that. I took the car and I went to drop my ustad off. When I came back, the car to go to the masjid was ready. Immediately they took me and they put me in the other car. There was no time to have a bath, no time to even get one of my khutbahs. That means I'm left with nothing. I get to the masjid. Now I'm looking at my kurta, it's so dirty. I remember I went to the neighbors, they were Muslims. I asked them, do you have a jubba to borrow me, to lend me? So they said, we have one jubba. But subhanallah, those years I was not, mashallah, big as I am. I was very, very thin. So subhanallah, I was like drowning in the jubba. Now what to do? The adhan went, that man, mashallah, he smashed the masjid. Everyone was crying. And there I went on the khutbah and I just went blank. It was the most embarrassing moments of my life. There were more than 25 ulama sitting there. Senior ulama. Some of them were my ustads. And I'm standing there drowning in the skurta and not knowing what to say in the khutbah of Jum'ah prayer. I made maybe 10, 20 mistakes. I tried to speak some Arabic. And thereafter, subhanallah, I came down. And in the salah itself, probably I was so worried. I made a mistake in the salah too. That was the most embarrassing point. But that would have stopped me in my tracks. How embarrassing never to give khutbah again. But I never allowed that. I used it to my advantage to tell me, from now I will never give khutbah from the paper. I will learn every khutbah by heart and I will speak the Arabic as if I'm giving khutbah like Sheikh Sudais or Sheikh Shureen. And Alhamdulillah from that day I learned my khutbahs and because of that Allah Ta'ala took me to Brazil where four years I was the Imam of the Arab con congregation. Not one day I used the kitab. I would speak to the Arab congregation every Jum'ah for half an hour in Arabic dialect. You have to sometimes be embarrassed to get a wake-up call to propel you. If I took that and I sat with that and I said, now I have fear, I'm never going in front of a congregation again. Everyone was laughing at me. My peers were having a good laugh at me. My ustads were embarrassed of me. My brothers, today I would not be standing in front of you. We need to take our failures, work on it, and make it better. Many a times people say, I went to go and pr pr propose for a girl. I'm scared. Or the girl says, I'm scared. What if they say no? Brothers, I know people that have been denounced 20 times. A brother came, he said no. A brother came, he said no. A girl came, he said no. 20 times. But then finally Allah Ta'ala brings the right person. So what? Bilal radiallahu anhu, he came to propose. He could have thrown in the cards. You know what? I am Bilal. I am, subhanallah, the treasurer of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
You know me. You know, you know. Tell the father-in-law, hey, listen, my footsteps was in Jannah. You want your daughter to go to Jannah, marry her to me. He never played that card. He never even say anything. He just said, Nahnu abdani aswadani min. We are two dark-skinned slaves from Abyssinia. We were on the wrong path. Allah gave us hidayah. And we were poor and Allah Ta'ala gave us, alhamdulillah, money. If you give us your daughter, alhamdulillah. And if you say no, then we'll knock the next door. Jazakallah That's it. And Ammar bin Yasir, or it was Suhaib, I'm not sure, pinched him and said, you could have given a better intro, brother. <laughs> You're not just a slave from Abyssinia, you Bilal. He said, I'm not here to try to impress anyone. If they give me, they give me on my face value. They never fear rejection. Because the tawakkul was in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers, if we do not heal our rejection when we are young, many older people today, I'm just saying in general terms, their behavior, their ways, the way they treat people is heavily affected on how they were rejected when they were young. Probably they were the black sheep of the, of the, of the, of the, of the family. Probably people made fun of their skin color. Probably people ridiculed how they look. People ridiculed their brains. We should be very careful how we speak to our children. Hey, you donkey. Hey, you're good for nothing. That is interfering with the confidence of the child. The child st starts thinking, if my father and my mother thinks I'm a donkey, and they think I'm good for nothing, then however am I going to be good for the community? Talk with people in lifting, uplifting terms. Call out the action, but don't ridicule the person. Everyone is very, very valuable. We should not speak derogatory to, with derogatory terms to anyone because you might scar their confidence. And if a person's confidence is scarred, they become invaluable. They cannot do much in life. Especially many people's confidence are hurt by their own parents or hurt by their own teachers. As teachers and parents, Allah has given us the responsibility to nurture a community and make them better than ourselves, not worse. So my beloveds, I conclude by saying that subhanallah, in the end of the day, the anbiya were also rejected. Many, many people went through rejection. And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, imagine what rejection he went through. He never had a father. His mother passed away. And when he started his message, how they made fun of him, they would throw him with things. They would not listen to him. His own uncle would go around and call him, you know, a sahir and a majnoon and a lunatic. When he went to Ta'if, they, they spat on him. And they threw him with, subhanallah, rocks. And they rejected him. He had nowhere to go. He was a man walking on the road. He says, Ya Allah, where do I take refuge? Where? I go to Makkah, they are hostile. These people threw me out. Where do I go? Oh Allah, if you are happy with me, then I don't care of anything after this. Imagine the rejection Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had to face. Mus'ab bin Umair. He would walk with clothes that were hundred dollars, hundred gold coins worth, every day changing his cloth. The best of perfume. And yet, he was rejected by his own mother. She threw him out of the house. But these people like Nabi Wasallam and Mus'ab bin Umayr turned history. They turned history. They never allowed that rejection to get the better of them. 
My beloveds, remember, the kuffar and the disbelievers will never accept you, no matter what you change for them. Let your headscarves go. Take off your Islamic garb. Drink alcohol too. Eat pork as well. Gamble too. Do what you wish. You will not belong amongst them until you openly make kufr with Allah. And if you make kufr with Allah, then you are just like them. Unfortunately, my beloveds, don't try to make to fit in just to make other people happy because they will never be happy with you and you will earn Allah Ta'ala's displeasure. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala make us strong believers and allow us SubhanAllah to use rejection in our favor to make us people that will grow. Heal your wounds. Move on in life. Life is short. We are in Darul Imtihan. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all Jannatul Firdos. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.